Hello and welcome to the Broski Cast. The bro from another wrestling podcast is back. And this week, the studs of the professional podcast wrestling podcasting world are back. And we are talking about a subject that is just too sweet. We are talking about two of the biggest wrestling staples of all time. We're going to be discussing the Four Horsemen and the NWO. Joined with me, as always, is the Bret Hart to my own heart. The one, the only, Jason Sullivan. Jay, we got a fun topic tonight. How we doing? God dang. I'm sitting over here marking out at that intro. That was incredible. I'm doing fantastic and I'm fired up. And we're talking about some of the greatest factions in all of professional wrestling history tonight. We're talking about some great stuff. And with you as always uh, the brothers the hollywood bronze if you will of the podcast world and we're fired up and ready to go sounds good sounds good hey um we're walking to the ring right now and i'm doing the i'm rolling the video camera like stone cold used to do just letting you know yeah that means you get to be brian Tillman though how cool especially at that time right yeah golly yeah yeah no that's Oh man! Ready but for no, a great I'm, night. I'm ready for I'm ready for a good show. Um, you know, obviously, um, you were uh, just a little tight when the horseman was rolling. You know, not so much later, later yeah. horseman, but uh, but you you got to go, you got to experience the uh, NWO craze when yeah. it first happened. So yeah, and and was really a big part of that. Like I uh, got into it because it was something new. And what's really cool about this subject too is like you were talking about the Horsemen. That was what was really cool about it is it was such a faction that like lived throughout the years. It had such. I mean, they've even you know they're even relevant still today. Maybe maybe even more so because of the nostalgia and how just a of a classic thing it is now. But um, just different factions, different people. And we'll talk about some of that tonight, the different lineups and the interesting horsemen. You know, I'm looking at you, Paul Roma, and, um, you know, the solid, they're always being their horsemen like Arn and Rick. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. And then the NWO changed the, changed the business and um, was just, you know, and, and they're relevant now to our topic uh, because, man, we just keep picking great topics. But but now they're going to the Hall of Fame this year. They're headlining the class. And so, you know, it was a great topic for us to jump into tonight for sure. Yeah, the, uh, the news broke, the original quartet, you know, Hogan, uh, uh, Hall and Nash, and then, of course, uh, Xbox, that's what everyone calling. They... What a big thing for Sean Waltman. I know. To, to be beside, I, was, I looked at that picture and I was like, Dude, for all the problems he's had and, and the thing, hiccups he's had in life, he's standing there beside the iconic greatest th- – when you the person that when you think of professional wrestling, you think of, even if you don't know anything about it. And he's at the top of his profession. That's – man, that's pretty crazy, man. That's, that's, that's what I got out of it right away. And he's going back to back. I know. When it's DX, and this year he's going in at, you know, the NWO. I know, so man. That's, that's great. But, no – you know, Horsemen, NWO, they're both established, you know, uh, and, and pretty much both of them have been the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just great. Uh, two great factions, man. I don't want to uh, get off topic, but, like, it's kind of on topic, but it's kind of off. But, bro, like, 
DX went to the Hall of Fame before NWO, and like, does that make sense? I mean, no, no, it doesn't. What do you think? I mean, the, uh, that right? I mean, I I didn't I didn't think I was being like too critical about that, but I was like, <laughs> what? That seems like it shouldn't be the case. No, and I agree with you. Um, right? Okay. I okay. I just making sure I wouldn't be first. too harsh. <laughs> no, no, I think the NWO should have been first. But I will say this: I'm glad. Um, screw it. Let's. I, I guess we could start off talking with the Horsemen. The Horsemen went in before both of these groups went in. Oh well, um, of course, of course, of course. So you know that's only right. So yeah. you know, let's let's start off with the the original OG faction, if you will. <laughs> uh, but no, the Four Horsemen. I believe it was you know '85 is when the, the original Inception started. You had uh, R. You had Arn Oli. Uh, Tully Blanchard and uh, Ric Flair, the original. Oh. And it's so hard to, because we're going to get into <laughs> different lineups and stuff and who brought what, how that turned out. But like, what a great, like, it's it's probably such a great faction, right? Because of this, because the, the original lineup was so great. So it's like, how could it not have, oh, with the exception of, oh, I mean, Oli's never really done anything for me. If you give me, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of of Oli, but like he's also in that first four. So, you know, you go down the line, and that's when oh my god, man! And you have to you have to uh, you know direct them to your Facebook page. A great uh, classic picture <laughs> of Arn, man. That was hilarious at Ric Flair's house in the lineup that oh, you put up wow. on your Facebook. So, yeah. but uh, just a classic. Uh, you know, classic day Arn, classic day Tolly. When Tolly would just literally be doused with blood in a steel cage with like Magnum TA, like just classic stuff, man. Yeah, but those were the days. Those those were the days. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could have been a wrestling fan at that time. I wish I could have been alive at that time. Um, oh my God, you would have yeah. you would have freaked out. It's it was your kind of stuff. Like you would have liked it for sure. Because it was like our, it was like that southeast Oklahoma, like Lafleur County, like you know uh, the old wrestlings in the uh, in the high school gymnasiums and everything, you know, just amazing. Yeah. Mid South days were incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was incredible. Um, but no, man, uh, let's I guess let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Horsemen and yes, you know I've watched I've watched the documentary, I've watched a ton of Flair documentaries. Um, they said it started, you know, according to the whole the old kayfabe. They said it just started out. They used to all do interviews together, and it just seemed only right that they create a group. And then, you know, Arn cut yep. a famous promo about the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And, yep. you know, like back in the day, it was uh, Arn and Oli were cousins, even though kayfabe they weren't um, yeah. cousins. Yeah. And then uh Gene and Oli before then they were a cousin to Arn and then right. they used to try to kayfabe the people and say that Flair was cousin to the Andersons. Right. And then, you know, like the so it just all made and then, you know, Tully had like kind of like a I don't want to say like Nate's Jr., but kind of like Nate's light kind of look yeah. to him. But he, yes. he put that tomorrow that group. And I mean, he would eventually bring in the group's manager, one of the greatest managers of all time. Uh regardless of how you feel about him behind the scenes, 
uh, J.J. Dillon. J.J. Dillon, he was, yeah. he was the mouthpiece. Well, yeah. I say mouth. He wasn't, I guess exactly, he wasn't the mouthpiece because you had four mouthpieces in that group, but he was right. the manager nonetheless. Right. And he was kind of like a, um, oh, if I could compare him to somebody today, he was like a less intense Paul Heyman. Just like, and what I mean by that is like, he knew very smartly how to get heat on them. And um, in his problems and stuff, and in, in, in the way that he presented them and everything like that, it was it's like, it was all very very heelish, you know what I mean? And in, in nature, because it was like it was they were better than everyone, you know what I mean? Quotes, they, you know, I mean that was the that was the gimmick, you know, we have better clothes, better modes of transportation, better lives, better houses, better pools, you know, so it all went into it and he was smart about it. And that's why I said, you know, like people go, Paul Heyman, but I mean, to a less, like a toned down degree, you know what I mean? Um, not with the theatrics and everything like that. Just, I'm talking about Paul smarts to get heat on something. So yeah, I mean, he was a great piece too. And you know, the Andersons, tough guys. And then exactly you, you, that was such a great point. Tall, you described Tolly uh, Tolly Blanchard to a T of the fact that he was nature light. You know what I mean? He was literally just a, a he was literally just a brunette nature. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. it, it was per it was perfect. Yeah, and that's not discrediting Tolly. I mean, no, 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 no. in his own right. I mean, no, he was he awesome. He was he was the Intercontinental Champion of the Four Horsemen. Oh yeah, how about that? Definitely. Yeah, I, I would yeah. agree with that. Um. But yeah, it was just it was kind of uh, groundbreaking what these guys were doing. And yeah, they were facing you know all the biggest baby faces of Jim yeah. Crockett promotions. You had they they would be facing Magnum T A or crap. They're they're few, but Dusty Rhodes. I mean that Dusty. Was, <laughs> if you you go back and seems like that went on forever, and it seemed like Dusty couldn't do anything without these dang horsemen. You know, like you know right all the time always up in his business yeah. and then right. you'd have these occasional little guys you know jump up and uh challenge flair like the road warriors and stuff like that but it seemed like it always yeah. revolved around flair's you know nwa world heavyweight title yeah and the only way really great baby faces work is if they have really great heels to work with so you know that was a perf- perfect timing because they had dusty and then they had Magnum. Magnum gets hurt, unfortunately. Dusty's getting a little bit, you know, older, long in the tooth, a little bit. And who comes through the door with his surfboard and toe, bleach blonde hair and mohawk? I mean, a flat top, you know? Yep. A man called Sting. Yep. And, and was made by his early feud with Ric Flair and that Four Horsemen faction. Um, yep. And that was brought on because he was in the group for a cup of tea, you know? he was Right. Yeah. yeah, they had to get away to turn him so they could have him ultimate baby face and Flair ultimate heel. Yeah, and then Flair, you know what to do. I mean, if you watch the Flair documentary, hell, Sting was like, Sting was like all that early Sting, all that stuff of getting like getting myself white hot was. We were in the ring literally, and Flair sitting there telling me to beat on my chest. You know what I mean? And then yeah. Sting does the uh, you know King Kong hollering out, you know, beating his chest. And that's that's the sting we know. That's the sting we all fell in love with and 
was like, oh man, he's he's the WCW Hogan, you know what I mean? So um, it was it was all just perfect timing, and that faction's what made it. Because as I'll say again, Sting would have never been Sting if it wasn't the Four Horsemen that were the right heels. No, I I completely agree with you. Now you know he would, he would, he would grow as a character later on, but. I think people forget about Surfer, you know, Surfer Sting, and I think they forget like. Man, I hope not. Golly, I mean, that's well, the first thing. Like they, they, well, I mean, what, you know, what, I know what you mean. What I, I mean, what, mean. what yeah. I mean is they think of Crow Sting when they think of Sting. I know, God, that's unfortunate, and but you're right, and that, I know they do, but I, I'm like, oh, I hate that because <laughs> yeah. I just remember how great um, Surfer Sting was. Um, you know, and, and and not to get too off on Sting because I I'd love us to do a Sting episode uh, one night. Yeah. Um, but um, great, you know, he was just the right guy at the right time, and and like I said, they they were um, they they did everything right, you know, with the turn and or, or not the turn necessarily of him ever being a heel or anything, but just the you know getting him in the Horseman for the cup of tea, then out, and then getting that whole thing going. So yeah. that and that was fun. If you, mean, especially if you go back and watch the video when he gets kicked out, it's really awesome. You can see that on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube Network. And I mean, later on this episode, we're going to talk about Sting again. So he he will get his moment moment of shine. Yeah. Um, but no, you had like you had the original four, and then you had, I believe, you know, Luger was in it. And that really just tried to help elevate him as a baby face, which, you know, uh, however you feel as Luger, a baby face, you know, single star, that's, that's your own opinion. Uh, and then eventually they'd kick Luger out. And honestly, you, you got, you, you said you didn't like saying that the original four wasn't the best, but I'll say it. You got the original, not the original four, but after Luger was kicked out, you got the the best version of the Horseman. You had Oli, or not not Oli. You had Arn, Tully, Rick, and you had Barry Windham with J.J. Dillon as the mouth as the manager. That's for for my money. That's the greatest version of the Horseman. Hello. Still there. Yeah, I just you were cutting out so bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I was just saying. I was just saying. Um, uh, after they it? kicked out, well, I was saying after they kicked out Luger, yeah, you arguably got the greatest version of the Horseman. You've got yeah, um, you got Arn, Tully, yep. Rick, and you had uh, Barry Windham, Barry Windham, JJ, JJ Dillon as the manager. Yeah, because this version. Excuse me, little sip there. Um, because this version, okay, I don't know if you already covered this, so you can go back and splicey splice if you need to. But this, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay. This version here is like everybody in the group is an, not just a worker, an A-plus worker. And all of them are good at psychology, the whole nine. Um, and Wyndham could even talk a little bit. You know, he didn't have to, yeah. though. He was kind of the muscle now. But, like, oh, my God, dude. Barry Wyndham, 
is one of the all-time greats, and him being in this group, if it was possible to elevate that group, and this right here is my favorite all-time lineup right here. Yep. But this group here, if it was possible to elevate that original, this one did it, and it was just, it was awesome. No, it's it's my favorite version of the the Horseman Sioux, um, and you know before before you know he got put in the group, he was having sixty minute classics with Flair, uh-huh. so it's like you said, he could work. So I mean, there there was no doubting his ability. Um, later especially on, especially at that time, no, not at all. Later on, you would get, you, you know, you get Sid Vicious, and then we would get to Sting, or we would get, yeah. I think we got to Sting before we got Sid Vicious, but you had right. Sid Vicious, you know, for, you know, and however you feel about him, that's great. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't really fit that mold. Um, no, it was kind of a, you know, that's when it kind of started going like, oh, okay, oh, okay. This is the start of the lull period. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the start of where we're getting into some, Eh, questionable, questionable uh, lineups, which we'll, we're we're about to jump in, jump into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who did you have after Sid Vicious? Help me out here. I believe after Sid Vicious, I think that was right around the time that Flair jumped ship. Yep. To WWF. 90, this is ninety two. We're talking. I believe so. Yep. So he comes back. What ninety three? Yeah, he comes back yeah. ninety three. Flair for the gold. Yep. If I'm Shockmaster, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was about to say if I'm correct, it's the Shockmaster. Play for the gold. Uh, if that's not in this fucking hours. And then just like the, just like the DVD says, they were everybody's expecting you're going to bring back, you know, Oli, or you're going to bring back somebody big, and then you get uh, Paul Roma. Oh man, <laughs> oh, pretty Paul Roma. Pretty Paul. You know, Roma. <laughs> you know, on paper. I, I don't have to get, I can't get too mad at him because like I can see how somebody in their, you know, creative or in their circle was like, you know, who'd be a great horseman, Paul Roma. I mean, he, he just, had a good look. Yeah, he did. he did. The hell, he was pretty Paul. You know, yeah. who wouldn't go in the horse, horseman, you know, like that. And yeah. He was the glory in power and glory, you know, yeah. with the Herc, with the Herc and, um, you know, he was he was a guy that on like I said, he checked a lot of boxes, but shit, man, it just didn't work out and it just wasn't a fit. You know, that's the best way you can describe it. Just wasn't a fit. Yeah. No. No. I'm completely right there with you. And then um so that was ninety three and they would, you know, have that lineup for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think they went through like a Oh Christ. Like Mongo. Uh, well, there was no well before that. They had no really no horsemen. Yeah. And then in '95, you had Rick and Orn feuding, mm-hmm. and then you had, uh, I think it was Rick teaming up with Sting, and you know, mm-hmm. gull- gullible Sting. He was like, "Don't double cross me," and they double crossed him at Halloween Havoc. And, okay. and then they they soon had uh, Brian Pillman, and uh, I hate mentioning his name, but you know he was a horseman, so I gotta say uh, they had, they eventually had Chris Benoit. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and then you know moving along road, quickly. <laughs> yeah, moving along quickly, they would uh you know Brian Pillman would leave for ECW and WWF, and then eventually we got D Malenko, and I believe that was going to be the last version. Well, with the month of Kurt Henning, right? So yeah, it's been when a lot. Of different you, you're talking about the spot. Work. 
Talk, take his spot. Take Arn's spot. Yeah, yes. not just any spot. But my That's spot. Right. Not my dog's spot. <laughs> not my little spot. Oh, man. And that's another one that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Try, try perfect. Hell. Yeah. You know, it's just that that's that speaks to the specialness of that group. That you could try to yeah. plug in some guys that weren't terrible. Some some guys that, well, <laughs> I'm not talking about certain individuals turned out to be terrible, but I'm talking about hell. As far as back then, before we knew anything about him, he was incredible and a wonderful worker. And you're like, oh, man, that'd be, wow, yeah, that makes sense. And it just, it doesn't fit because it's a very special group and it takes absolutely the right crew. You know? Yeah. No, and you're right. And, I mean, the same can be said about the NWO. Boy, let me tell you. I mean, they absolutely killed the thing. Because they couldn't just relax and let it be the small same crew. But we'll get into that too. I mean, but um, yeah, and that's a great segue because, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of that horseman run um, as far as like where we're actually, you know, have these are the four members, you know. Yeah dissipated since then and we've gotten flair to kind of jump back with evolution and stuff like that and that was kind of close and everything like that but now when you see flair and stuff he don't throw he don't throw up the four or talk about who they are or anything like that you know if it is it's just like that when we were running with the horsemen you know blah blah blah. you know it's nothing like this is us you know i mean arn will always be a horseman to me and so will tully and so will probably jj dylan and so will uh, and Wyndham and Oli. I'll I'll give it that. They'll yep. always be the horsemen. Yep. But, you know, um, it kind of, like I said, it kind of dissipated and, and it's kind of trailed off. And and that brings us now to, to the other group we're looking at, which um, from, from the very first sighting of Scott Hall in WCW, um, this was the the genesis of what we now know forever as the new world order. And, um, yeah. Can, can you remember back to, to the first time that Hall, you know, comes in with the, the sleeveless jean vest with no shirt under it. I mean, like peak nineties hall, um, jumping the barricade, yeah. uh, jumping over the barricade and coming into the ring. You know who um, I am. You don't know why well, I'm here. Yeah, well, I can't remember it off childhood memory because it was right before I was getting really... Well, I say that. I was probably watching wrestling, but it probably yeah. wasn't, like, right, during right. it yet. It wasn't until, like, 97 when I started, but through the network yeah. and YouTube and all these other great outlets. Thank goodness. Have, um, yeah, thank goodness. But, yes, I have gone back. I have watched him jump the barricade, beat up a couple <laughs> of jabronis, and then cut the, you know, cut the, the promo. The, the promo. You know, you know who I am. Yeah. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And Wrestling then, changed. You know, it kind of got. Well, and it was right after, it was right after they did the, curtain call. you know, him and Nash. Leaving yeah. the curtain call. Yeah. Well, the, another great moment in wrestling history, whether you like it or not, you know. Oh boy, I, your buddy Jimmy Cornette might disagree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Jimmy Cornette ain't doing too well. Hot I'm right telling now. you, he's losing <laughs> jobs left and right, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Oh, so like Jimmy Fried do. Chicken and Cornette. This guy. Yeah. Um, dude, so I will tell you, at that time, see, I wasn't, I think we've gone over this ad nauseum, but at that time, WWF had kind of lost me. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, Hogan was in WCW and Macho mm-hmm. was in WCW, right? So your eyes yeah. kind of started shifting to WCW. You were going through your 2018-2019 uh, Caleb Salzman. Yes, WWF I, I was having the 2018-19 Caleb Salzman <laughs> morning period with WWE. And honestly, your eyes just were kind of shifting towards WCW. And then, see, I didn't even, you know, like, it, the, the curtain call was kind of like out of a house show. You know what I mean? And at that time... Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't all smart enough. We didn't have that. We weren't, didn't have, you know, I wasn't reading the newsletter. It's the only people in the know that knew it even, you know, kind of was something that had factual behind the scenes dirt or whatever you want to call it. Um, But yeah, I had no way of knowing, you know, that that was kind of happening and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I just turned on Nitro one night. You know, I'm just kind of flipping through, and here comes here comes Razor Ramon. Only he's he's a regular guy. He doesn't have his machismo and all his gold chains and stuff, and all blah blah blah. And um, he looks different. He doesn't talk as Cuban. He's not trying to like be Cuban. What you know? This, I mean, not that I thought he was actually Cuban. You know, but but just still, he's completely different. He's completely not in character. And I go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. And he just did it that one week and it was just Scott, you know, and then, and then, you know, a couple of weeks of that and everything. And he showed up on like Saturday night, I think. And then, and then, you know, the iconic moment of, uh, him at the booth, uh, you know, kind of, uh, harassing Bischoff who was kind of at that time, you know, just the McMahon announcer that's kind of slowly becoming a storyline piece. And, you know, you see, wait, Diesel, Diesel in a baseball cap standing behind Bischoff. It's like what? And uh, and you know, and and you know, he's like, you know, we're here, and he he cuts another promo. You know, <laughs> he does the awful, like he'll forever be known as the moron for the, you know, <laughs> look yeah. at the adjective play. I'm like, uh. Might need to go back to might need to go back to comp one, Nash. Yeah, yeah. If you were, I, oh my bad, I, I should have gave you that one. But I mean, you know, there he is, yeah. and and you know, like I said, we're like, is it Diesel? And what? And him and Razor are coming in to take over, and this, whoa, whoa, this is real life shit. They're they're taking over. This is WWF, you know, coming in and. Yeah. Man, you talked about hitting the recharge button on the Let Me Check Out Wrestling. Um, then it was something you had to tune into every week. And that was why there is now, not to put another podcast over, but there's, an, there's a reason there's a podcast called 83 Weeks. That was the That was the start of something really special there. And they were at the time where they saw that reality television was going to be what people would flock to and what better theater to put it on in than in professional wrestling. It worked perfectly. 
the stars aligned, and we had this invasion, right? I mean, it was just really, yep. really cool. And all roads now, it was just missing one ingredient, and now all roads lead to the Bash of the Beach. Yeah. Now, I've heard the story that they they try to get. I've heard on podcasts. I've heard just on interviews. I think they were, you know, originally thinking about Sting, but I think Sting right. didn't want to do that. But they they also said they needed someone big. So you get to the Gray Air Bash at the Beach, and you know, at the very end there, they're still down to two people, and then out comes Hulk Hogan. And then you get Dusty, you know, on the call, and it's like, you know, you know, get down yeah. there, baby, you know, and he's just like going yeah. down, you know, going. And then you get Bobby the Brain Heen with that famous call, which uh, uh, I think Bischoff might have said something like he might have t- spoiled it, you know, to the point where he said, but whose side oh. is he on? And yeah. He gets in the ring, he drops that leg, and man, we, we yeah. find out real quick who the yeah. third member is. And let me tell you. I can't understand. I can't. I can't like accurately describe what that leg drop did, like into words, because it was. Now you got to remember, bro. I was a impressionable kid, kid in the absolute heart and soul of the Hulkamania area, and to see Hogan flat back into that corner and just like take this you fucks and does the leg drop and gets up hits the knee and points at those guys in that iconic pose it was beyond shocking never ever thought I'd see Hogan turn heel And that's probably well, that I mean, move right there is probably why we're will forever talk about the NWO and forever be the reason that they're going to the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, and I mean, look at look at the afterthought when Mean Gene got in there. Oh my God! And then Mean Gene with the famous look at all this crap we're surrounded yeah. by. You know, like the, the yeah. line. You know. Yeah, dude. It was, it, and and Hogan's promo was so good. It was it was a Hogan promo as a heel. Like you were just like, Oh my god, it was so good. He couldn't have done a better This is me as a heel promo. It was fantastic. You know, and he throws out yeah. the, the the this is the new world order of wrestling brothers. I mean, there's the NWO yeah. right there. They start telling selling T shirts like two weeks later. Yep. They're black and white. They're spray painting Not- shit. Hogan's got a black beard now. They're playing this cool ass song. They're coming out in black and white to strobe lights. They're doing these little weird, you know, promos. I mean, <laughs> so good. I just want to point out, uh, yeah, I little side story it, after this, but I, first off, I want to point you the cool music. I want to point out Hogan. Well. Hogan and Macho had the coolest versions of the NWO music, but Hogan had that Voodoo oh, Child yeah. Oh, yeah. remix, and that was, that was the best. That, that came a little later, NWO. but he he for a while he came out in yeah. that, that iconic, you know, as we know, the NWO music. Yeah. But Voodoo yeah. Child was, um, that was awesome. Come out playing the yeah. belt. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if you had heard it, but he, he did an interview with Stone Cold and he wanted to do that like six years ago. Yeah, he ago. wanted to be Hill. He, yeah, he wanted to do that against the Warrior after oh WrestleMania. My God. You know, that would no, it, it, it would have never it would have never worked. No, it wasn't no. time. He he had to know no. he was too hot then. It would not have worked. He had to get to a place to where he was just about where the people were like, I'm tired of your shit. You know what I mean? And it was, you know what broke the camel's back? It was the damn Dungeon of Doom. Because he got Mm -hmm. so ridiculous with that Dungeon of Doom shit and Kevin Sullivan and all that booking that it was like, that it was like, oh, for for crying out loud, I've got to turn heel now. Everybody looks at me like a damn joke. I mean, don't you think? I mean, I mean, well, I mean, it got so hokey. I mean, him and Macho beat seven dudes in a cage, you know, uncensored, 95, 96. Was that his last like that? baby face know. pay-per-view? I think so. I think that was his last big baby okay. face run. But, yeah, yeah, that's it got so hokey. But, no, it was, it was perfect timing. And they came out the next night on Nitro. They sent poor Rey Mysterio oh, into a freaking – uh, trailer like a lawn dart, you know, they were just, they were yeah. running a rough shot, you know, and they were making people seem like real. it was like real, like they had, like, I think there was a story that there was actually the police, mm-hmm. police called that night, like, because yeah. it, it seems so I remember real. watching like, that episode of Nitro actually, when they threw Ray into the trailer, um, it was, yeah. I, there was some realism to it because it looked so, they, I don't know how they, I don't know if it was snug. I don't know if he, I don't know what happened there, but that thing looked really just fantastic. It looked very like he just threw, he just darted Mysterio into the side of that building. It was awesome. I mean, and it was from there, you know, we take off and, and we start, you know, of course, I guess you could say that the natural progression is they start getting more men, you know, they start revealing, you know, you would tune in and that was kind of what was genius about it is you would tune in every Monday to see what was going to happen as far as like who would be joining or who would be helping them or anything like that. And, yeah, I mean, they, this group started the one million different hill turns for the yeah. big show. I mean, you know, it's part of the, yeah. You know, and then you added members like uh, yeah. Conan. You added, you added uh, you know, six, Sean Watt. Six pack. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, getting he's getting yeah. inducted yeah. with him. Um, he was one of the original. He was yeah, yeah. original quartet. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I'll my it's been There's a, been I so. Can't. I mean, my God, perfect. Um. You know, uh, Virgil for crying out loud, um, Buff Bagwell, you know, Bret Hart. I mean, freaking Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, Rhodes was in there for a cup. Yeah, a cup of tea, baby. It's like vanilla. I put a little lemon in that tea, baby. Sip on it. God dang. You know, Bruce Pritchard's right. It's so easy to fall into Dusty. God, I guess man. So. It's that, like it's so easy. But anyway, sorry. What now? Uh, big Bob. Uh, yeah, he was in there. Uh, 
And then, you know, it started getting silly. But back when it was still, like, relatively, you know, Ted DiBiase. I think you – did you say Ted DiBiase? No. He was the bankroll guy. And that was perfect for him at that time in his career. Um, And then I think the big thing, much like in WWF, was when the boss became part of the story. Um, that that was so huge when Eric Bischoff was revealed to be in the NWO, and then Bischoff has a complete heel character just like Vince, and comes out and you know with the blowing the kisses to everyone and everything like that. But um, you know I love each and every one of you and him and Hogan and and then they get their own pay per view. NWO sold out. I remember I watched the very first NWO sold out. We bought it. Me and some friends got together, threw the money together, watched the very first sold out. It was total unsanctioned NWO pay-per-view. So they ran the whole thing. It was crazy. They had like the crazy spray painted set, make it kind of look like a, you know, city back alley, you know, type of look. I mean, it was just, it was, that was a nutty time. And have you watched it recently? Have you ever have you watched well, it sold recently? Out? I haven't. Mm-hmm. Did you watch I the? Have. Did you, did you watch so? Yeah, it it was. I I don't know. I I can't vouch for the fact that it was a great show. I'm not saying it wasn't a great show, but I'm not saying it was a good show. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad. Oh, you know, like it's this. I kind of thought it was a little bit. Military, Pretty sure Six had a good ass match on that show, though. Eddie Guerrero, I thought so. That great match, man. It was a, uh, it was military. I didn't hate it, but I definitely didn't love it. But I could, I could understand. What you think? What you think of that match? Revolutionary. That was man. the best match of the night. Could those guys yeah. absolutely work their butts off at that time, or what? Golly. It just it's just a testament. Well, I mean, Sean Walton too, but it's just a testament of how Ed, how yeah, good Eddie. Yeah, Eddie was so good. But man, you're right though too. Yeah. Sean Walton was so good. I mean, like despite, despite all his silliness, he could he was really good. He was a fun wrestler yeah. to watch. Those those yeah. spinning well, I, heel I, kicks and stuff I, were fantastic. Yeah. When I first got into wrestling, big into wrestling, when he was a member of DX as X Pac, he was. He was one of my yeah. favorite guys. I knew he would never be like a world yeah. champion, but he was yeah. fun to watch. Um, a little yeah, off topic, right. but, uh, but yeah, many, so many different members, so many different memories. And then you know, we were talking about the Horsemen earlier. They had they had yep. a War Games match in '97, I believe. They recreated yep. the famous uh, world class spot where you know uh, the Freebirds, you know, slam Kerry uh, Von Eric's head in the. Yeah, the steel door. They do that spot with NWO, and they, you know, shelf him on the sideline, and we don't see Flair for a long mm-hmm. time. And, uh, and they mean, used NWO's hot run to make Sting a completely different character. Which yeah. again, we talk about the the direction of Sting, what Sting needed to to be his best, which was that faction right there in, at that time. <laughs> And and we have the whole oh is Sting with NWO or is he not? They were able to use that storyline with so many of their baby faces. Oh, is he or is he not? And then he finally is, and you know Macho Man joins the NWO and everything like that. And it's just like oh my God, who's next? 
and uh, you know they bring out the fake Sting, and Sting then gets to come out and go, you know what, you know, and he and he throws the up yours at him uh, and walks out, and yeah. you know, and then we get the whole promo of the only thing that's for sure with Sting is that nothing's for sure, and we don't start seeing him again until we start seeing him show up in the rafters with his face paint on like the crow, and it's just like. Oh my God! And we we even we went to like one thousand level madness about wrestling at that time. Then, when Sting did the crow thing, I mean that was like that yeah. was we got hot for that. Now let me tell you. And then the whole, uh, you know, the whole run with with everything, and then they get to all the way to Starcade, and Starcade was it was a failure. Let's be honest. Yeah. Nick Patrick. Yeah. And still had a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, not to put it yeah. over, but man, you, I know you like listening to 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 uh eighty three weeks and, and what have all the Conrad's uh-huh. podcasts really. He does a really good job. So I mean I gotta put him over. So mm-hmm. have you have yeah. you listened to the episode when he talks to Eric Bischoff about this the Starcade? And he loses his shit. Oh my not. god, dude! Please go listen to that. No. Please, it is so funny. <laughs> it is so funny because I've never heard Conrad get that mad. He's like screaming. <laughs> he's like screaming at him because he's like, he's like, I get that. And you said that Sting wasn't ready. And then, and then he pauses and he's like, but you gave him the fucking belt in February. <laughs> like it's just, it's so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like two months is a world yeah. difference. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, it's I'll have to so check good. It out. But it, uh-huh. it is. They totally ruined that whole build. They they completely, and that was just the WCWS thing ever. Well, and then you know the next year they had Sting go uh, join the yeah. Wolfpack. Oh yeah, NWO yeah. Wolfpack. Yeah, and that was monsters. that was kind of crazy. Uh, you know, you had Sting, Nash, and. Conan and K Dog, yeah, and then Luger, uh, Luger who was should have, good yeah. God, no offense to Lex Luger, uh, should have never been mm, in that group. No. But you know that's 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 my take. And then you had the uh, you had the LWO, Latino yeah. World War. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Holmes. yeah, yeah. Um, and then let's see, we had NWO two thousand. I believe that was Jeff Jarrett. But, you know, branch offs and people that joined in and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, it was just one of the, it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, man, you gotta love it because the NWO was kind of a bright comet that 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 burst in the sky and was amazing. And then yeah. it kinda and then it kinda fizzled yeah. because it, it became it, it became such a <laughs> It, like I said, WCW got its hands on it. You know, it didn't have any idea what to do with success. As soon as WCW got something that hit big, they totally screwed it up. They did it with NWO. They did it with Goldberg. They did it with the damn Sting Hogan match. I mean, their biggest night ever, they screwed it up, you know, at the point of attack. I mean, Bret Hart, they screwed it up. I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you go at thing after thing after thing. They got things so white hot. Totally screwed them up. 
they did it with the NWO by just going, hey, everybody on the roster is in the NWO in one form or another or whatever. It just got silly. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just now remember this. And then the WWE got a hold of it. You had that terrible. Right. And it was just. You had. No, I was going to say you had like. Go ahead. Sorry. The, you know, you had the original trio come back. And at first you thought, you know, oh, this is going to be a cool concept. And then they, they, they damn near killed the rock on Monday night. Raw in Chicago, like running, run over his ambulance or run into his ambulance, a little semi build up for, you know, Hogan rock, which is one of the greatest. Well, I don't know if it's one of the greatest matches of all time, but it's one of the greatest atmospheres of all time at WrestleMania. Um, the, the, the crowd was just nuts in Toronto. Um, but then it got, it got silly cause you had like the, the big show join his, for his 40th time in the NWO. And then you had Booker oh, T man. and then you had Don Michaels and his stupid little oh, golf. Oh man, hat. so bad. God, I'm so glad you pointed out Shawn Michaels in that stupid hat. Uh, it was just he was dorky looking in NWO. Like it was like it was stupid, you know, him coming out in a t shirt tucked into his jeans with no belt. You know, like come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with like with like freaking you know, like these stupid sneakers. I mean it's just come on. Like, well, I I gripe about that now and now he's a walking spokesperson for Oh my god. He looks ridiculous. He looks like some kind of like it's like some kind of like messed out crocodile Dundee now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. Or he looks like every time Shawn Michaels comes out now, I'm like, what? Were you fucking stealing Skinner's gimmick? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like the greatest of all time, and you're like now turned into fucking Skinner. Yeah. Skinner. <laughs> man. Damn it, dude. Anyway. No, it's it just got too crazy, like you said, and and then it just started being like, you know, it just seemed like you might be able to back me up on this, but it just seemed like like it got to the point where they just had a bunch of NWO shirts in the back, <laughs> you know, and with, before a guy got to Gorilla, he'd be like, I guess I'll put one of these on. Well, and that that WWF or WWE, uh, that WWE run that was the uh, that was the time where it was the infamous uh, Kevin Nash quad tear where he was. You know, running across oh, the yeah. ring and he freaking tears his quad. You know, like it's yeah. that's not funny, but it just it's crazy how that <laughs> like Jesus, like you were pretty much just like fast walking across the ring and you just tear tore it, tore it which is it's not kind of like Vince jumping into yeah, the ring, tearing both of them. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, like oh my no, but yeah, no, it's it's. You're right. That run was just punctuated by just like, no, stop this. It's it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no more. <laughs> but I tell you what, though, that run gave us. That run gave us Hogan versus Rock. Yeah. And and for that, I'm forever grateful. Yeah. I, I'm forever grateful for that stare down and that moment. And more importantly, the night after on Raw. What Hogan got. Yep. Yeah. It, it was, I, I got to say, um, you know, with JR, is like, this is, by God, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, I think it was Montreal, it wasn't was it? It was Montreal, because uh, it was Toronto yeah. and Skydome at WrestleMania. So. 
Yeah, WrestleMania. They just hopped over to Montreal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was big time. And, uh, and that that was uh, and we, we got that because of that NWO run in WWE. So, yeah, got to be grateful for that, man. And and that was sort of the end of of that too. And uh, until now, uh, going in this year as the headliner. So and they'll be right there in Hogan's backyard, man. Tampa, yep, Tampa, Florida. That's going to be a big time WrestleMania at Raymond James, man. It's going to be. I don't watch the product anymore. I hate to say it, but it's. I'm, I'm sure that'll be fun. I may have to tune into that. I'll. I mean, I'll tune in. Now, matter if, yeah. if I like it or not, you know, that's a different story. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, I, them, yeah. You know? it, it's WrestleMania. It's it's the Super yeah. Bowl. You got to watch. You got to watch the Super yeah, Bowl. You know. um, if nothing other other than to just see the set at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. That's going to be freaking fantastic. Oh, yeah. What I'd like to see them do, man, is uh, is incorporate Kyrie Sane into their pirate shit. That'd you be know, pretty right? Cool. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? That would be pretty cool. Yeah, and 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 that I think that would be incredible. And, and either that, or I like this new team, this Viking, uh, uh, this Viking, Viking team. Raiders. I, forgive or... me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I'd like to see a return to sort of gimmick type of stuff. Yeah. I really would. I think it's fun. I think it works a little bit, you know, now because I think if they try to get a little bit more like AEW in that regard and try to catch some of those fans that are that are kind of like ready for gimmicks to return and stuff like that, maybe um, I, I you know that just see it as as big as a big show. Yeah. Know? Um, rather than, you know, like I said, you know, the Mid-South Coliseum or the Sportatorium. Yeah. And, and, and we're in a 45-minute Russian chain match with, you know, Flair and Koloff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, there's two different styles, two different things that people are looking for. And, you know, give them a little bit of everything. You know, hell, you got a three-hour damn show every night, every Monday night. Three hours. Give them a little bit of everything. Have some fiend. Have some real type of guy. You know, like you know, Drew, you know Drew McIntyre. Yeah. You know, something like that. You know, so I, uh, you know, hey, it's got to keep trying. Yeah, but that's that's a different show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um. So, but I thought we covered the NWO and the Four Horsemen very yeah. well. Um. So we both said that our favorite versions of the Horsemen was you know, uh, yeah, Arn. Uh, Barry Windham, uh, Tully, and Rick, and with JJ. Yeah. Who, um, it's, I, I, it might be obvious. Who knows? It, I might be surprised. What was your favorite version of the NWO? I think, I think the first three Hogan, Hot Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Okay. Um, in those early, early, early days, you really got hooked hard. And, I know we we've said it we've we've put over Waltman in this podcast we've put him over okay we don't we don't need to anymore but I know him he was great coming in he's gonna go in the hall and everything like that but for me it was like that it, it would never as be as great as that three that that first started you know it wasn't very long with just them three um, they should have let those three marinate a little bit longer if you're asking me yeah they could have had DBOC jump in and be kind of their suit and that would have been cool because DiBiase had clout you know and everything like that but yeah for me it was that original three okay. 
I'm I'm probably gonna get some backlash for this, but it's it's only because you know I, I was a kid, you know, and like I said, I I wasn't I wasn't watching when the original NWO came out and all that. Sorry, but, you're you're in a safe space. Yeah, here. you're in the trust tree. Go well, ahead, let I, your feelings. I'm out. probably gonna get you know some something from the marks here, but um, I like the Wolfpack. I thought the Wolfpack was cool, man. <sighs> That's interesting. I did. I, I thought the Wolfpack was awesome. And I thought the whole red and black mm-hmm. thing. And I was a big Kevin Nash fan. And Sting, obviously, too. Cool song. Yeah, I like Conan. I like when he came out, you know, and got the crowd hyped. I thought it was I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess that's yeah. when I, you know, that's when I, that's what I remember of the NWO. So, you know. Yeah. No, they had that kind of uh... – they kind of had that at that that Atlanta hip hop, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, style song, you know, at the time Atlanta that was real big, yeah. and they, that's where they were, uh, you know. Um, in fact, that's what people referred to the two federations at that time. One was New York, one was Atlanta. Pretty much, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, and so so um, that went right along with it, and and that was a neat time uh, in my life too, like to think back and what was popular then and stuff like that, and I, and it was cool when the red first came out. It was kind of a, just an alternative, yeah. you know, just a simple change of the color, mm-hmm. and this is another way we can just we, we we simply change the just one thing, the color of the the lettering on the shirt, and we got a whole other fact. Yep. Yep. So it was it was pretty smart and. Uh, it was neat. Yep. Um, before we sign it out, one last question. Um, mm-hmm. Horseman, NWO, who do you think had the bigger impact? Okay. Here here goes. I'm, I'm going to preface it with the very first thing you said a while ago. may not be popular, but I, I have to go with the NWO. If you ask me who was the more iconic or the more, you know, big, you know, star power, um, you know, charismatic, everything like that, I'd probably go horseman. But as far as impactful, when you say that word, I got to thank NWO just because it, it, it changed the, it absolutely changed the game in, 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 in a way that no single superstar or or moment or anything like that ever did and it was just this phenomenon that came on and so for me uh, the most impactful was definitely the nwo okay no i can respect that um but yeah. however you know just like with our uh nfl teams college teams and mostly everything else in our lives although i do love I you know, it's so I weird gotta, what's wrong with you i disagree with you i think oh, man. i think i think iconically I think the NWO has hasn't beat, but I mean, apart from apart from maybe at the time, maybe the Freebirds, you really yeah. hadn't seen anything like that before. Horsemen right. came along, and they were this rent the yeah. Renegades. Not saying the NWO wasn't, but they were doing it ten years earlier, and it was just I don't know. They yeah. they wore these suits, and they, you know, yeah. you had Flair talking about you know we're going to be at the we're going to be at the Marriott, da, 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 and, you know, you'd have, you know, these parties lined up, and, you know, Rick would talk him in the door, and then Rick would talk 10,000 people into a place to watch him get his ass kicked, you know, and the rest of the horsemen to get their ass kicked, and right. I don't know, I just think, right. I think without the horsemen. Here, here, let me ask you this, and, and, and you tell me if it's a fair question to ask you. What's that? Would you say 
that the way you feel about it is that you wouldn't go as heavy as to say plagiarism or something like that, but you would say, haven't we seen this before when you talk about the NWO? Yeah. Is that, would it be fair to say that that's the way you look at it? That'd be fair to say. This has been done and it's been done better. Yeah. That's fair to say. Although, like I said, as far as impact overall, I can can get down with that because you're right. It was done first. Yeah, as far as impact, if you're doing overall impact, I'd go NWO. Just because, like you yeah. said, there's yeah. nothing like that that you'd ever seen before. But I don't yeah. know. There's just something about the Horsemen. And I just feel like without the Horsemen, there'd be no NWO. There'd be no DX. There'd definitely be no Evolution. And then, you know, every other group that's came after them. But, you know, that's just my take. So. Yeah, man. Um, I it's a perfect wrap up, you know, like I said, we've been, we've been talking about all these, uh, great moments, great, great lineups, um, great points that have been made, um, solid points. Uh, I think that we brought up and, you know, two, two groups that will live forever and, uh, they're not, they're both being enshrined. Uh, again, I don't want to get too far into it, but I can't believe that the NWO is going in after DX. That's kind of, yeah, DX is a uh, while it's a great group and everything, and I think deserved the hall. It's not as big as the NWO, so. Uh, but but you know who cares? No. But um, it, it's it's they're going in now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but this is going to be uh, gonna be really neat to see it, and it brings back a lot of great memories, and that's why we had this uh this great episode this week. Yep. Um, tell you what. Uh, I like the way you signed out on our in, our Survivor Series one, so I want you to do that again. But first, um, we talked about Starcade '97 a bit, you know, earlier, and it's December. Oh. How about we do? Hello. How about we do Class a classic review, review Starcade. of Starcade '97? It'd be neat to go back and watch it. So yes, I I agree to those terms. Okay, all right. We don't know a date yet, but we know it'll be soon, and it'll definitely be November because. Timing is everything. Man, you know but, I'm uh, old. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're going to have to tell me again how did I sign off for Survivor Series. Man. <sighs> I'm old. I think you just did the... I think you just played oh, off the broskies. traditional... Oh, okay, I got uh, you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right, man. It. Well, this has been a great episode. We want to thank everyone out there that uh, subscribes and listens to us and also... Uh, you know, uh, checks us out. Tell us about, tell us your friends. Uh, we've always got a great topic. Sounds like we're going to have another, another great topic uh, this next time. And so, uh, we're going to take off out of here. The Broski cast. It's been great talking about the four horsemen and the NWO. And we will be back next time to look back at the night that almost was, but unfortunately it wasn't. WCW never recovered. We'll be looking at 97 Starcade. For the Owen Hart to my Bret Hart, I'm signing off for myself and the Rocket. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. You know it. Over and out. Over and out. <laughs>